Hello and welcome to another edition of the Reptile Living Room. I'm your host as always, John F. Taylor. And of course we are brought to you once again by Marsha McGinnis and Golden Gate Geckos for all of your captive care and captive species needs of African fat tails, leopard geckos, Australian geckos, and even the colonic species. Definitely give her a tumble. She's a great lady. Got a lot, a lot of information out there on all those gecko species that I previously mentioned, the African fat tails, leopard geckos, Coleonics, as well as the Australian species. Give her a tumble, uh, goldengategoes.com. And tonight, uh, we talk with Eric Bristow on Chinese cave geckos and uh, just the herp industry overall. But the uh, Chinese cave geckos have always been a favorite of mine ever since I first saw one. They're an awesome species. And Eric basically takes us uh, through their care and uh, how he got into reptiles and the whole nine. So without further ado, here's Eric Bristow on Chinese Gabe Geckos. So, we're on the phone tonight with uh, Mr. Eric Bristow of Oregon Gecko, um, and we want to talk to him about cave geckos, but uh, really wanted to start out with, you know, Eric, how did how did you get into reptiles in the first place, really? <laughs> oh, John, glad to be here, uh, first off. And, and, awesome. Uh, uh, Twelve years ago, um, we um, ventured into getting a couple uh, bearded dragons. Okay. Uh, from uh, from the Sand Fire Dragon Ranch. Oh, wow, uh, nice. Yes, yes. Uh, we it was our first experience. I mean, everybody's been to you know the the mom and pop pet stores and the big chain stores and and whatnot and, and seen you know what they've had for for sale and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we were thumbing through a, uh, a reptiles magazine and saw an ad and uh, we'd heard from a couple other people that were were uh, having uh, bearded dragons and. Mm-hmm. The tameness, and you know, she'd bring it in uh, to work, and, and what have you, and it just started kind of a, a small little ember, a little fire going. <laughs> so, so we we did the first well, what I would what I would believe is the start of of Oregon gecko, and how it how it maturated from this, you know, from that point, we we picked up our first first bearded dragon. Mm-hmm. Well, let me back up. We we picked up one male at first, named him Puff. Which okay. we still have, we still have today. Nice. Um, uh, we we picked him up, and, you know, and did all the looked through all the the readings and the material that was available to us at that time. Sure. And uh, uh, you know, bought a tank and did all the all the good stuff with that, and then started looking through. Uh, it it kind of it kind of went from having a pet uh, that the kids and, and, and the wife and I enjoyed to a a, a new level uh, where. Yeah, we start looking in magazines and, and, and seeing the, the, the babies and the, the crosses and you know what it, what it takes to do it and, and so on and so forth. So uh, we, we went back to Sandfire again okay. and uh, picked us up. Uh, they picked us out a, a, a beautiful red gold X uh, cross. Um, sorry, uh, red gold cross uh, female. Okay. Uh, we, we named her Fiona, so she was you know in the back of our minds it was still a pet thing, but uh, I was leaving the option open for. Breeding. Okay. And and uh, uh, things just kind of blossomed and, and you know kind of downhill from from that point. Uh, we um, about a year and a half, two years later, we, we had our first clutch, which I was <laughs> quite surprised on the. Uh, in, in, all the books tell you that they can lay up to you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, twenty. You know, uh, you know they give you kind of a roundabout number of eggs, and, and uh, her first <laughs> yeah her, her first clutch was twenty three eggs. And you know, so we, that was our first experience with a hovabator. You know, um, okay. I, yeah, you know, growing up on a farm type deal, 
you know, I, I, I've seen, you know, chicken incubators and whatnot. But, right. Uh, so anyway, we, you know, we started messing around with this, this elevator and the, the wafer issue with, you know, how it's heated and, and cooled and, you know, started just going into that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, a, a few months later, we had about 20-some-odd little mouths running around the <laughs> feet. And, and, yeah, it, it, got, it got pretty, it got pretty, uh, got pretty intense. I didn't do as much information as there is now available to all of us. Right. Uh, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a tri- trial by fire. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, we actually went to we went to Walmart, picked up uh, it was like six like the sixty four quart tubs, and each one of those tubs had a light strip. I mean, it was it, we went out. I mean, it was it was the you know a Rolls Royce of a uh, baby uh, uh, you, know, you know setup so to speak. <laughs> exactly. Each one had, you know, each one had a, a fluorescent light strip. Each one had had a heat spot and whatnot. And what we ended up do, what we ended up doing, and this was our first little breeding experience, is, is there was a local mom and pop shop, mm-hmm. um, and she was interested in in our our offspring, and we unloaded our offspring to her, and we got uh, half cash and half trade in, or any other stuff in the store. Yeah. So at that point. I think that might be either a good thing or a bad thing. What started it all was it was it was it was flawless. You know, it was. Oh yeah. It was, you know, it it, it it was very smooth. It was a, a good transaction, and and uh, we only did about uh, two or three more clutches mm-hmm. um, um, with the, with the dragons, and then we we ventured into uh, chameleons, veil chameleons. Oh wow! And yeah, and uh, that was I. I I, I salute all the chameleon breeders out there, but I will never do it again. Right. Uh, that was a little bit of a, a, a journey. Right. Um, the, the incubation of the eggs and, and the time that all sets up and, and the toll it takes mm-hmm. on, on the female itself. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, uh, I might be wrong on the exact nut, the date, or the, the, but it's almost like a, a gestation for a, a, a human human woman's uh yeah. Uh, first cycle. It's like eight to nine months. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it's a pretty long gestation. I'm not sure about the yeah. exact, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty long. Well, we had, we had we had eggs for a long time. Let's just put it that way, and, mm-hmm. and then we you know hatched out a couple of those, and that was and that was uh, that was that on the on the veil. So mm-hmm. it was it was just kind of. Um, but for, you know, from that point on, I mean, it, it, it opened up. I mean, the the, the forums and the and the, the communities. Uh, have you what have you had you know and the, the, the different uh, things that are available throughout that time period uh, started to blossom and bloom that mm-hmm. that I had that that most others you know way before me didn't have you know didn't have the, the resources in the in the in the, the online communities where you know uh, you can show your wife a you know a baby dragon or, or, or you know some type of reptile over mm-hmm. and over again and it gets a little old you know and the kids love it but yeah there's just you know there's this world out there of people that are sharing the same passion the same fire and same you know uh, drive that you're having in, in, in these photos and and just right. talking about hey I've had this problem and come to find out there's 14 other people that have the same problem the same one exactly exactly you know and then just kind of going from that point it was it was huge it was a huge turning point um, you know and, and to find out that there's other breeders out there like like myself that was going through some of the same Transitions and same same uh, same thought processes, mm-hmm. and you know what they had for sale, and then we 
and we we ventured into um, uh, the the big the big push was um, we were sitting we were sitting down uh, one night, uh, and I, I don't know exactly. I think it was Reptile Rep Magazine did it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, Star there Magazine. Was, yeah, you know, there's there's another there was another. Uh, a little ad in the back. No, actually, you know what? It wasn't a little ad. It was a big. It was a one-page ad by uh, uh, the Urban Gecko. Mm. And you know, when we and we uh, some at time or another, we picked up a, a, a leopard gecko from it. Want to get once again another little mom and pop shop. Nothing right. fancy, nothing special. I mean, we still have her also today. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little, a little normal, and uh, uh, you know. You, just you know, just kind of not not drab colors, but it was a normal, you know. And, yeah. And then we saw the ad in the Urban Gecko. Uh, we saw the ad in the, in the Reptile Magazine for Urban Gecko, and wow. Yeah. I mean, it You're was. Like, I need that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they come in that color. I mean, it's it's that's not real. There's yeah. I mean, that's, that's Photoshop. There's no way. And then you know, uh, through the process, um, uh, kind of looking through that stuff, uh, we got a hold of. Uh, Marsha McGinnis at Golden Gate Geckos. Okay. Um, she was the, I, I would say, the, the instrumental uh, piece into what I've established here and, and oh, what, okay. we, what we've done here. She took time out uh, of, of her busy schedule and, you know, uh, her being a wife herself and, and doing her normal daily duties, not knowing who I was. Uh, I didn't buy a gecko from her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we had probably three or four one hour plus conversation on basically I mean it was a crash course one oh one on on leopard gecko keeping breeding, um, morphology, genetics, you know, just everything. I mean it was it was it was a, a, a pretty eye opening experience for myself and and uh and Marsh and I kinda laugh about this, but I mean it, it literally took me about three months before I actually bought geckos from this you know, from this breeder, and uh, uh, but she was willing enough, and that, like I said, was the, the biggest instrumental piece in it outside yeah. of my family accepting the, you know, accepting this this journey that we were about to take. Right. Um, uh, you know, Marsha just basically taking her time and uh, you know filling me in on you know the in like I said you know the ins and outs of everything and just making sure you know I, I understood it mm-hmm. and that that. Um, you know that kind of that pushed it. And that pushed you know that pushed it into the fact where they were pushed it into the where we built all our racks. Um, I, I did venture out and bought one. I thought to myself, wait a minute. I mean, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, hobbyists or breeders, are thinking the same lines of thought that I did. Was I can spend three hundred dollars on one, or I can go down to Home Depot and do it myself and make four. Yeah, you know, you know exactly. <laughs> the, the, and those were late nights. Those are there's a lot of five o'clock, six o'clock, put another pot of coffee on type issue. Uh, right. Getting these racks done the way I wanted them to, and then the, you know, and everybody has the phobia right off the bat of, of here's this raw heat tape. Yeah. You know, it, it comes to you in, in in literally three packages. You got the tape itself. There's nothing connected to it. These little medieval looking connectors. Right. And these, these plastic clips. And then you're like, okay, well. Either we're going to make it work or we're going to burn the house down in the process. One of the so, two is going to happen. One of the two is going to happen. And, yeah. and through a lot of trial and tribulation and a lot of band-aids and late nights, uh, we, we, we finally, finally figured it all out and got it together and, and then started our, uh, 
started the, the breeding process, and and uh, it just kind of kind of like you know like this exploded from there. Right, right. The, the passion, basically, the passion, basically, you know, was was you know kept on you know, something else would come out. There's another you know a douse of gasoline, you know, to oh I can do that, or I can do this, or I can put this and this and get that, you know. Right, right. You know, so it's it's one of those things. Now, how did you end up doing? <clears throat> Chinese cave geckos. I mean, that's just, it's like one of those species you see in a gecko book, and you're like, wow, that's really cool. Oh, Chinese, yeah, never get that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually I was actually speaking to a, a, a good friend of mine who just had a baby, uh, Zach Spiker, uh, okay. up in Washington, and uh, he's, he's, uh, he's one of those guys that, that I'm to this day still completely impressed with that he knows just about every scientific name to any uh, you name it he's got it basically wow. his, 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 just to tap into his brain would just be uh, <laughs> would be awesome I mean I, I, I'm not good with Latin names and whatnot, and repetition over time has, has helped me right. so to speak. And, and I could be completely pronouncing these things incorrectly which my brain has trained myself to say it that way you know, you it, know what? I've actually heard something about that because we were having a discussion at the uh, at a Herb Society meeting, and so we asked the oldest guy there, you know, because you know he's the oldest guy, he's got to know. Mm-hmm. And he simply looked at us and he said, "Whoever, whichever one's pronouncing it, okay, whoever's the oldest, that one's right." There you go. Because <laughs> he's been saying it that way the longest. And we're like, okay, that works. <laughs> well, it, that sounds good to me. Exactly. You know, and, and you know, it's uh, but you know, talking to Zach and in in getting into, you know, just from what he was talking about and mm-hmm. how that they they were quite popular a few years ago and, and when I say a few it could be five or six, I'm not quite sure on the right, right. on the on the date. Um, that he'd seen he he's uh, uh, one of those guys that's been able to go out to different shows and, and uh, I believe he's a California native to begin with, so he, you guys have some pretty good shows down in down oh, yeah. your way. Um, just the more he started talking, once again there's that spark. I mean uh, I'm Unfortunately, it wasn't the Reptiles magazine. It was it was another word of mouth, you right. know. And, and he started talking. So obviously, you know, this day and age, we hear something. It sounds somewhat interested. Let's Google it. Oh, of course. You know, and, and my wife hates it when I say, I don't know. Let's Google it. You know, so it, it's you know, it kind of went through that process and in, in, in figuring out. And the one thing that struck me, which I would assume most people do, mm-hmm. is the spider-like cat. I mean, if I could put all those together. A spiderish cat-looking gecko with deep, penetrating, blood-red eyes. Yeah, I mean it's just. I mean it, it, it had. I mean not to not to you know, take from a movie line, but it had me at hello. I mean it was wow. I oh, mean yeah. it, the wow factor was cranked way up. Oh yeah. Uh, so at that point, I, I, I started, um, you know, started doing research and. Uh, uh, I know I'm name dropping a lot of people, and I do apologize. But uh, oh, no, no, please do. God, if they helped you, you know. <laughs> right, right. I, I appreciate. Well, it helps me kind of go through the steps here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paul Almendinger, uh, uh helped me out, and uh, he, he's a, a native of New Jersey. Okay. And, and uh, there was a show going on, and mm-hmm. you know he, he called me up and said, "Hey, Eric, you know, they got they got some wild caught Chinese cave geckos in here." And I was like, you know what, let's do it. So he, he picked himself out some, and he picked me out a 1.3 mm-hmm. um, of wild caught. And, and, and once again, it, it, we're going by the, 
you know, the the uh, uh, the seller and, and, and hoping, you know, that they're trustworthy enough that they are wild caught. I don't believe that there's, you know, the, the one thing that, that, you know, we have to, we're at the mercy of the court, so to speak. We're at the mercy right. of the, the handlers. We, we don't know if they're 100% hand, you know, wild caught. They were rough and ragged. Um, they, they definitely looked like they'd been through um, a boat trip, if, if, if you may, or a plane trip, or right. uh, of some sort. Yeah, they were they were pretty rough. They were they were pretty rough. They they had some um, you know some dry patches to them, and, and uh, so we we basically set out on trying to figure out this this Goniosaurus heninensis uh, okay. species, and and uh, try to figure out you know. How to how to keep them in in a home setting, you know, uh, in a captive bred, you know, or not necessarily captive bred, but in a captive environment. How can we, you know, emulate what they were taken from? So, one thing that I I, I believe I have a, a an issue or a, 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 a problem with myself is I, I do too much thinking. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I I start going through the motions. Okay, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. Okay, what this? You know, so I started doing the research, and then Goniosaurus or uh, Goniosaurus is a is a is a cave gecko. Is a Chinese cave gecko, and that's their scientific name. And, and they're specific, or they're they're lo- they're located in off the Henan Island, which is an island off of uh, the uh, mainland China. Right, very very small island, not very big at all. Um, with it being with it being a uh, a, a coastal um, environment, uh, the first thing that popped into my head was lower temperatures and uh, uh, quite a bit of rain. And that's the first thing before I even reading anything in the books or anything like that. I, I kind of came to that conclusion that that's probably what they are. And and you know to to, to back up my you know findings and research, books have come out and said the same thing. And I, yeah, and I've noticed a big thing. I've noticed a big deal. I mean, their their sheds uh, within the first month uh, cleaned up, very smooth looking uh, gecko, uh, very long legged. That was the other yeah. thing. Very very long legged. Very, I'd hate to say the word majestic, but they're they're methodical. I mean, it's something out of a nightmare almost. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're just uh, uh, very interesting all around. Just to watch them, very. Um, very shy, very very shy creatures. Um, okay. They um, they need to be. Um, well, what I found, and maybe this is just going over the top and, and, and just completely nuts, but I, I cover them uh, at night. Put a black black cover over the the, the cage that they're that they're in, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, seems to seems to go well. So after the after after getting the first. So getting the, our first four in and, and setting everything up and just kind of watch them and and you know doing studies on them and, and whatnot, we um, uh, went ahead and started um, with, with most reptiles and especially off island uh, type uh, locations. Uh, we started a heavy misting. Okay. Um, uh, instead of going every other day, we went. Um, well, let me back up for just a second. We we house them on uh, cocoa fiber. It's that stuff that you guys can buy in a uh, you know, mom pop shop, uh, right. big super super straight stuff, brick stuff, and you stick it in the bathtub or you stick it in a tub and it explodes. Right. I mean, it, it goes like ten times bigger than what it was. Pretty cool. And we we use that as our substrate. Okay. And and then we take uh, uh we go to a hardware store, go to Home Depot or one of those uh, 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 
uh, chains, we, we picked out a, a trivet, which at this particular point, I had no idea what a trivet was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but this, this, this elderly lady told me that's a trivet. So, uh, you know, with my uh, schooling, evidently, I wasn't privy to know that <laughs> a plant container underneath a, an indoor plant that holds water is called a trivet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what they are for FYI, you know, for exactly. what, whatever purposes. Uh, that <laughs> it, it's, a, it's basically, it's a solid-colored little dish. Right. It's you a know, saucer for the plant. It's a saucer <laughs> for the plant. There you go. That's even better. You know, so that's. So we got what we got. We got one of those, and we, we keep them separated. I wanted to make sure that um, each one was eating, you know, mm-hmm. eating correctly and whatnot. So we cut a little half moon out, flipped it upside down, so it gave it a little bit of a cave, and put a little bit of fake vines in there, and just a little bit, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, kind of let them go. So that's our setups. And what we would do would we take the male, and we'd introduce him into the female. And at that point, instead of misting the cage down uh, every other day, we were doing it every day. Okay. Uh, uh, causing a, I wouldn't say a monsoon, but a rainy season, if you will, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for them for them to have it. Um, uh, once again, these the uh, I didn't get into that yet. They no heat whatsoever. Wow. None. Yeah, your average room temperature in your own home will suffice, um, and, and it's actually optimal for their their rearing. You know, for their their their. Um, uh, survival. Uh, getting into the summer months in, in most locations, uh, we've actually came out with a, a came up with a deal where we would take a uh, uh, with a with a couple ice cubes and we would bury it into the um, the substrate to give a air conditioning effect. If that makes right. sense, you know, because most houses, you know, if you don't have air conditioning and it's the summer, it's July, August. You know, you're hitting 85, and inside the house might be 90. Right. Uh, way, way too hot. I We kind of came up with a collective with a bunch of other uh, people that, that kept these. We've come up with a collecting collective agreement that 85 is, is too much. That's too hot. Wow. Yeah, they, they go off feed. Um, uh, it, it's, well, you know, with, with the added heat, your, your, your moisture level obviously drops. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it just, you kind of get into a slew of issues. But, uh, but we, uh, you know, going back to the breeding, I'm sorry for jumping around there. They, uh, uh, we introduced the male, um, one week on, one week off, one week on, one week off throughout the females. Um, and, uh, started noticing, um, like with leopard geckos, you can flip a female over, look at her belly, Mm -hmm. see see the little, little pink, red eraser, little ovulation going on. Mm hmm. We saw eggs started to develop, and and uh, basically, uh, you know, thought we were doing something right at that point. Right. You know that they're they're you know they're they're breeding, they're 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 into it, and 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 whatnot. And ended up with uh, uh, my numbers. I believe it's somewhat 30, 30 some odd babies that we ended up that we ended up getting. So it was a uh, you know. Uh, it, it was a, a fun experience, and the babies hatch out, and they're all—they're almost identical to the adults. In, in well, they are identical to the adults in in, in body structure. Uh, the color patternings uh, are, are widely different. There, there's yeah, I've, I've got one female. I don't know if it's—I have no idea what her deal is, but I've got one female that's 
that's solid black with the four yellow, bright yellow bands. Mm-hmm. My well, another female I have will not ever, and I don't know what her deal is, but she will not ever show me solid black. It's silver. Wow. It's just yeah. It's just really really uh, whitish gray coloration to her body with with a very very light light yellow banding. Huh. Um, yeah, it's kind of an off yellow, if, if, if right. you will. You know, more it, on the, spe- the color spectrum, it, it more so goes towards the the white side of the yellow than it does the opposite. Then I've got another solid black female with uh, more of an orangish yellow band. And, and once again, I've talked with other uh, keepers themselves and whatnot, and they've had um, kind of the same same experience that the, the banding is not set in stone necessarily per, per per cave gecko. And that's where, you know, to lead me into something else here, that's what kind of started me in on, now are these true henanenses? Oh, you I know. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and so I started doing a little bit more research. Um, uh, once again, Marsha came through in the end on this. Uh, oh. she, she let me borrow the eyelash gecko book, which I highly recommend. Oh, okay. Yeah, the eyelash gecko book, it's, it's, it's filled with just about everything you want to know and stuff you may not want to know. You know, it, it's got everything on it. But uh, I started looking in on, on that and come to find out with, you know, with, with getting one species, you, you start to, you know, and falling in love with the one species, you start looking at other species and, and, and different cave geckos, not necessarily of the, the China region, but just all the way around. Oh, well, yeah. we stumbled across, a bunch of us stumbled across Gonier source licking Felderite. And the similarities between Gonierosaurus lichtenfelderi and Gonierosaurus henanensis are almost identical. Really? Wow. Yeah. The one thing we noticed, though, was the banding in the lichtenfelderi coloration mm-hmm. is lighter. Huh. As opposed to the henanensis is darker yellow. So, a little controversy for your show. I, you know, I don't know. But it's, it's you know, we're trying to figure out where, we, where these are, if they're actually, you know... This little island, and as much was imported last season, mm-hmm. um, there was quite a few cave gecko, Chinese cave geckos that were that were labeled and classified Gonierosaurus henanensis. That a lot of us are kind of scratching our head. You know, that's a little island. There was a, I mean, there was a ton of them that were that was imported out of there. Is it really what it is? I mean, but it's you know, once again, you're at the mercy of you know, you know, who brings them in. Right. So, forth. so, will we ever know if they're actually Lichtenfelderi, if they're Lichtenfelderi and Anensis crosses? I, not really. I mean, unless somebody, you know, Daddy Warbucks gives us a grant or something that, you know, we, uh, <laughs> you know, we, 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 we can go ahead and start doing DNA, you know, and scale yeah, down exactly. and all that, yeah, all that stuff. But it's, you know, at this point, we're, we're just sitting back and enjoying, you know, what we've got, um, you know, and, and just watching these guys and, and documenting since there isn't very much you know there's there's not much said about them and and uh, not much um, you know uh, uh, what am I trying to say uh, there's not much uh, publicity right. there's not enough you know there, this, this I honestly believe that that these these cave geckos are, are the perfect setup um, in, in a time where you know people are watching their money you know there's no electricity involved you know, their setups are very, very simple. You know, it... it, it you know, it, even even foregoing yeah. all that, 
They're just yeah. stinking, cool-looking animals. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> all there is to it. They, and they are. And, and the way they, they, you know, with the eyelash, with the eyelash geckos in general, whether it be, you know, uh, leopard geckos or or cave geckos, they they have a, a certain. I, I hate to say they have a certain personality since they're shy. You really don't know that they have a personality per se. But the way they they move, the way they, I mean, every the way they step carry themselves. Yes, yeah. exactly. It, it's methodical, and yeah. and how they how they pounce on a um, very cat like uh, again, you know, kind of like a like cat would pounce on a mouse or something. How right. they, they go after a cricket or a or a you know a roach or or, or what 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 you know depending on what you're feeding. It's just very mm-hmm. you know very very interesting. And the, the structure of their head too is the other thing that just pulls you in. I mean, you've got jet black on most of them, right? You know, throughout the throughout the the head pattern. And then you have these just blood red eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, you know if we we're back in the B B uh, you know horror B movies you know the B the the, the B rated movie whatever you oh, know yeah. oh yeah you know you blow that thing up like you know ninety times and whatnot and have it run around New York City I mean you got a good movie going on yeah I mean, exactly it's, you know it's, <laughs> It's Godzilla all over again. I mean, yeah, that thing Gators ain't cool. got nothing on this thing. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, crawling out the sewer system. You know, exactly. it's, it's, it's it's intense looking. So, <laughs> but it, you know, it's uh, it's definitely definitely been a pleasure. It's definitely been fun. That's cool. You know, that is you know, so cool. Yeah. So now, what, in your opinion, what's one of the hardest things about being successful in the reptile industry today? Um, keeping up with the Joneses would be one. Right. How you market yourself would be mm. another one. Okay. Um, um, your customer service. Right. Um, what What are you offering the customer outside of a beautiful, uh, you know, of a beautiful uh, reptile? Right. Uh, what What are you gonna What are you gonna do as a a as a breeder to mm-hmm. to you know better yourself for you know your your buyers? Right. You know, and that's the one thing that I've done that uh, uh, that that goes it goes beyond even just you know reptiles. It, you know, if, if I'm calling, you know, uh, I've got a weird charge on my bank card, you know, and I call right. up and the customer service is not right. If and if it's not right on, you know, I feel like a lesser of a person. Either I'm going to get irritated, or I'm going to start crying, or you know, right. you, know you, you you just you want a smooth, flawless transaction. And when somebody's buying something. Especially in you know the online society, you know the, the online world that we're living in. Oof, yeah. You you don't know who you're dealing with. Right. But I, I I pride myself if I can get you to feel comfortable and feel like a buddy and feel like you know hey if you have a question outside of buying this animal we ship it to your house and you have a question whether no question is stupid no matter what it is ask me you know right. I, I want that I want that friendship. And maybe that's where I mean. Maybe that's where I, I kind of maybe I'm a little bit bad on this fact that, that everybody buys a gecko as a friend. Mm-hmm. And and I know in business school and stuff they say you know you you know it's, it's you know the cutthroat. You got to go for the you know you, you do this you do this you know yeah. no friends. It's a business. That's my biggest fault. You know. Yeah, mine too. You know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I've subscribed it, to that same book. Yeah. You know. It's in in. in the, the the market the market the way it is and in, in, in I, I personally coming from a, a large family mm-hmm. 
and knowing, you know, the, well, I guess I'd say my M.O. is, is when somebody buys a gecko from me, I want them going to bed at night thinking, you know what, I got a good deal, and I got a friend. Yeah. You know, not, should I have, you know, I missed that car payment, and I should have paid that car payment as opposed right. to buying that gecko. <laughs> oh, you know, you, you know that, that worrisome factor that comes into it, I, I don't want that. And, and, and the same would go with me, too, is, is if somebody bought a gecko, I want to go to bed at night thinking, you know what, you got a good deal, I got a good friend out of this. Yeah, you know we're good. We're good, you know, as opposed to saying, you know, you know, taking somebody for a lot of money and, and, and continue. I, I can't do that, and I will, you know, if it causes me to be small forever, then so be it. I'm okay with that because I can sleep at night. Right, right. Now, you what know? are some of the biggest risks uh, um, getting involved? I guess in this industry for a breeder. Um. Well, the first and foremost that most people talk about, and, and I, I totally agree, is come into it because you love it. Right. Come into it because you see your first baby pop out of an egg that you've set up, and in, in, in whether it be selective breeding or whether it be um, your, your first try at, at a certain species, mm-hmm. go into it because you love that, and seeing that baby pop out gives you joy and, and happiness as opposed to going in thinking, you know what? I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to quit my job. One day, you know, my wife can quit her job because I'm going to be doing Because it's not realistic. Right. It, it, not to say that it doesn't happen, because right. it does. But, in realistically, you know, your, your, your costs will far outweigh your profit. Mm-hmm. Hands, hands down. For the average breeder, I would say that that is, that is, that is, that is totally true. I mean, uh, a lot of people don't count, you know, don't counter in the fact that, okay, You've got six racks running. Granted, the heat tape doesn't take much electricity, but that is still a strain on your personal electricity, you know, your electric bill. Yep. Um, your feeding. Uh, personally, and real quick, one of my personal experiences now, uh, in, in out here in the West, and especially with me here in Oregon, I've had an issue with I couldn't get cricket bin. Wow. So, some kind of an issue, some kind of a disease, something that went down, and it wiped out the cricket, the, the common house cricket, that, that we've been getting for years was unavailable. And with me having all the cave gecko babies, and, uh, and this is a little personal, and, and, and it, I, I'm just going to open up and, and t- say how it is. Uh, I lost, out of those 30-some babies, I lost about 20 of them. Not oh. because, yeah, not because my husbandry was bad, not because they didn't choose to thrive, not because of, of, of any of those. It was an outside source. Right. But I couldn't get crickets. So we're set up this year. Uh, it was kind of poor planning on my part, but we're set up this year where we started a, uh, a roach colony. And once again, Marsha McGinnis, yeah. she's a sweetheart. She sent us some roaches, and boy, howdy, you know. But, but, we, but we try not to say roaches to other friends that don't like reptiles because just you have roaches in your house. does not sound Yeah, very, it doesn't sound good. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, it's just not a good thing. Yeah, but uh, it's our but, blood uh, colony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that that there's so many outside sources and factors that you can't, mm-hmm. you cannot. As many times as you sit down and put it on a spreadsheet, as many times as you sit down and, and work out a financial game plan on how you're going to perceive this to be uh, a, a working business and a business that turns a profit. Mm-hmm. There's so many factors involved that it's just not it's not realistic. 
you know, if you don't have the passion for it, and if you don't enjoy you know, what you do, cleaning a cage, uh, and, and it's not the funnest thing, but you know, it needs to be done. You know, in in, in setting up your projects that are personal projects, mm-hmm. not to make you know, hey, there's a there's a um, you know there's a market for for rafters this year. You know, uh, right. a leopard gecko morph. There's there's you know there's 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 it, it, in my personal look into it that that does not play in, in in any way shape or form into play hmm. on how how we how we do business it's what i do personally and if it's a a morph or if it's a specific species that happens to do well and there's a need for it then that that's good you know in my opinion i, I think that's good but on, on the outside source of it it's you gotta love it yeah i mean it this is you know Oregon geckos is, is not out to take over the world by any means. We're I'm here just to have fun, right? You know, and and to, and to make friends, you know, like you know, like yourself, John, and, and, right. and uh, it's it's you know, but you know, anyway, I got off track a little bit there. Of course, but you know, the, the 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 realistic goal that a lot of people need to look into is it's it's not going to pay your bills for the most part. Right. I mean, for the most fact, it's if it if it if it, at the end of the day, if you can turn a profit enough to buy your your feeders again, you know, and, and you know, pay a little bit of you know to, to, for upkeep for light bulbs and you know what have you to keep the hobby going, then and then I, I think you're doing doing pretty good at the end of the day. Right, right. You know. Now, what are some of the major changes that you've seen in the twelve years that you've been in the welding industry? Wow. Um, well, first <laughs> off, the, the 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 most most recent was the cricket issue, and we can even go back a uh, uh, season and a half ago to the mealworm issue. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah, we, we as hobbyists and and and, and kind of getting rid get rid of the breeder aspect of this, but just as hobbyists and and maybe collectors, uh, we're limited to just a very very limited amount of different feeds that we can give different animals and, and a lot of people tell you the same thing if you have leopard geckos they could eat they could eat crickets and they were doing fine on crickets but then you might have you might have something else uh, uh, crested that doesn't eat crickets and wants to eat mealworm mm-hmm. so you know you're you're all across the board and, and most of us you know don't feed just one certain thing there's there's different uh, different foods involved but when that went down whether it be the mealworms there was a lot of people having to buy crickets mm-hmm and happen to go through that transaction, or that transition, I should say. And then on my side, going to the, uh, you know, no crickets, and that was my, 90% of my animals were, that, that's what they were eating, it was crickets. Right. And, and having to transition on that. That that right there, is, it was a huge change. It was a big uh, uh, wrench, so to speak, in, in how you know, everything was running smoothly, and then boom, oh, you can't get crickets, you know. And, right. And, and the and the price of crickets were almost the price of gasoline. You know, I mean, it was you know yeah. the supply and demand issue. You know, it, it just yeah, it came into full it, effect during that time. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that was that's a huge change, and that kind of goes back into you know when you set up your breeding goals and and how you want to market yourself. That that's a factor that nobody saw coming. That that's that that's something that just kind of throws a, throws a wrench wrench on you, and you just have to you have to move with the time, and you have to. You have to uh, change your your uh, uh, your process. You know, right. tweak it just a bit, to, and I mean, it's going to cost you more. I mean, because 
you know, the you know, supply and demand issue. But uh, changes, um, the forms uh, was a big, uh, a big contributing factor. Like I said, for myself, um, a, a lot of people, um, I guess, weren't necessarily stuck in the dark, you know, in the closet. That right. hey, there's other weirdos out there like us that you know that 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 find comfort and and joy in these these cold-blooded um, these cold-blooded reptiles, um, whether it be you know snakes or or geckos or, or what have you, you know, there's, um, uh, I saw a big push with, you know, people coming out and, and getting to show off a Christmas card with their bearded dragon on their shoulder or whatever, yeah. you know, just, you know, as opposed to sending it to grandma and she's freaking out because, you know, <laughs> there's little Susie's holding a snake. That's not right. You know, it, these people, you know, that we, this community, you know, we get that and we like it and we enjoy it, you know. Yeah. Um, that was a big factor. Uh, pricing. Okay. I, it's it's a cycle. I honest, honestly believe that. I, I, I believe it. You know, it, this is never going to die. It's people are always going to. You know, there's always going to be new people. There's always going to be um, people that have that fire and that ember, like I, you know, like I spoke of earlier. That that mm-hmm. oh, look at that. Yeah. I mean, it, whatever it may be for you, if it's a fire engine, red looking color, you know, the paint jobs on all these reptiles, whether it be snakes and and and. and uh, Geckos and whatnot. It, there, there's something out there right. for everybody, right? It, right. You know, you know and um, that's definitely changed the the the, the cost of, of, of said morphs and of, of different. You know, it has changed. You know, and that, mm-hmm. that's something to be given. I mean, and I, I guess that goes back to basic business school. You know, supply and demand type issues. Right. Right. Um, you know, but for for the most part, there hasn't been too much. Um, just like with anybody watching, you, you see people come to, you know, come to rise and then and, and, and fall off. Right. Um, and and I could only assume that that person had unexpected or unrealistic expectations on what they were they're wanting to do. Right. Um, I, I would I would I would you know, but that goes with just about anything. Like these people that flip houses, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it it looks good, sounds yep. good on paper, you know, but at the long run, in the end, you know. You, you're carrying that mortgage on that house for so long, and, and you're, you're in debt now, and, and you're not getting what you get when you flip. I mean, it just kind of goes with the yeah, goes with the uh, you know, the, the territory, so to speak. But uh, um, yeah, the, 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 uh, the people like yourself, John. By the way, you know uh, that's something we didn't have at the very beginning, right? You know, a, a radio show about reptiles? Are you kidding? Or you know, a, a newsletter about not you know. Nobody really thought of it. We, we, it was it was trial by fire, right? You know, you, you know, and, and, and you know, I believe it or not, and this is embarrassing to say, but I was keeping my leopard gecko on this neon yellow fan. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, at the very beginning in a twenty gallon tank for this little leopard gecko. You know, it, right? It, 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 you know, had a red light on it. You know, oh, you know, we had to, we, we screwed up so bad. Yeah, you know, and and, and it's just. Uh, it's a, a working, you know, working progress. Uh, genetics. Mm. That's something too. Um, I highly recommend, you know, uh, well, personal experience. Uh, gecko forms. I was sitting down and just a. I wouldn't say I was a, a member, but I was a member. But I, I wouldn't chime in on anything. Right. I was scared. Okay. I mean, I, here, here, I'm thirty some years old, whatnot, twenty eight at the time, whatnot. You know, uh, I, I, I can't. 
we're talking stuff that's, you know, I mean, this is geophysics stuff, you know, wow, I mean, this is, <laughs> this this is way beyond what I'm talking about. Yeah, this is nuclear science. I mean, exactly. what are they talking about? A head? What is a head? You know, right. and, and going into that, that stuff. That sounds painful. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it sounds like a disease, your head for something, you know. Exactly. I hope I don't get it, you know. <laughs> right. It, 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 but it, 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 as, as the, as, like you said, as, as time goes on. Right. You, the repetition factor of, of something and seeing how, okay, this goes to this, 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 you know, it opens up and then, you, you know, you can, you know, a, a new person comes on there and wants to know, you know, what's hep for a raptor, you mm-hmm. know, and, and then you feel a little bit more comfortable coming in there and saying, well, you know, it's uh, Ron Trumper's line of, of, you know, albinism and, you know, right. the, the eclipse gene, which turns it red and, you know, and there's, there's, and I know that the person on the other line or on the other side of the computer is scratching their head thinking, what in the heck is he talking about? <laughs> exactly. You know, how, how can they, yeah, how can an eclipse eye be black but it's red and an albino and right. it just doesn't make sense, but it, it all, it all works out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it, 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 at the end, you know, and, and everybody goes through that transition, that, that period where they, you know, it's not just, not just keeping reptiles, it's, it's understanding, you know, genetic yeah. traits that are passed down and and husbandry issues and ethics and, you know, uh, just, you know. It, it, there's a whole fluid. gambit of stuff going on. Oh, it, it is. It, yeah. it is. It's a, a cornucopia of just, a, just everything. Right, right. Now, yeah. <clears throat> one of the questions I always like to ask all of our guests that uh, come on through our television room, if money was no object and you could uh, basically, you know, if you had everything you could possibly ever dream of that you needed, what would be the ultimate reptile that you would keep? Oh, <laughs> wow. The ultimate money with no issue in the ceiling. Okay, all right. Wow. No, I like that. That's good. Um, mm, the ultimate reptile that I've keep. Holy smoke. Um, well, there's a... Wow, Yuri, that's... That's... Uh, you got you threw me for a loop there. Um, well, there's a specific morph now of of of, of, of snake. It's the the desert ball python. But oh, that's, okay. But that's only two thousand dollars. I say only two thousand dollars. But that's <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I can do that if I skip a couple payments on stuff. But you know, yeah, it's, exactly. it's the old. You know, I, okay. If if money was no issue, and in, in, I'd have to say Komodo dragon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. The way Komodo kind of looks is uh, the monitors. I mean, we're we're you know kind of the transition to some other questions here. That we're in a kind of a, not really a small house, mm-hmm. but I'm limited on what I can keep. Oh you know? yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd love to have a couple berms, you know, uh, Burmese pythons or something. Just right. to, you know, uh, the monitors have always uh, the mangrove monitor. I was looking at it. I think it was an A to Z book. Uh, you can pick up at any mom and pop uh, reptile store. Is the reptiles from A to Z, and I believe they have a mangrove monitor in there. He's, he's got this um, mangrove or an emerald, either one of those two. But he had this green flaking on this blackish body. Right. The monitors in, in themselves have uh, always intrigued me. Um, obviously, space wise, right. um, you know, is, is kind of an issue. But there was a. Uh, uh, we used to live in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and there was a little mom and pop shop there. 
and they had Mr. T, who was a, uh, a Nile monitor. Oh, wow. And, and they literally had a 10-by-10-foot 10 10 room with a waterfall and a pool and a basking area. And I thought, you know what, that's cool. That's cool. It is, you know, yeah. to have to kick one of your kids out of the house and to have one room, you know. <laughs> exactly. Just, just uh, somewhat. But, yeah, I, I'd have to say something of the, the monitor species nice. or a Komodo dragon of, of, of that nature. Nice. Now, uh, just in case our listeners uh, <clears throat> want to pick up a cave gecko, uh-huh. uh, they can always go to organgecko.com. That's correct. It's spelled out just like it sounds, you know, yep. organgecko.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, now... Some of the other species you work with, which I wasn't aware of, uh, evidently you're doing crested, you uh, just got into ball pythons recently, is that correct? Yeah, about two years ago we we uh, the, the ventured out into getting a couple snakes. Okay. Um, just to see, you know, just to see if we liked them, and, and uh, like, like most of us do. But yeah, we, we picked up a couple ball python morphs um, and been working with them for about the last two years, mm-hmm. getting getting those females um, off the way. That's another, you know, it, it was starting the process over again. Right, it's, right. It's you know, always, it's always a you know a recap, a restart of what you're, you know. It, it is, you know, the genetic side you kind of get it down, but just different species have different, different, you know, different hidden genes or this and that and so on and so forth, and, and uh, you know, going through that, going through that process again is, is rejuvenating. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like okay, you know, we've been here. Uh, we've been here many times, you know, and this is something different, something new. Um, the snakes, um, not necessarily for resale, but it's my personal, it's a uh, right. happy time, if that makes sense. Oh, you know, totally. Something that, that, that I like doing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we, we do gargoyles. Um, we do gargoyle geckos. We do crested geckos. And, um, uh, leopard geckos. One thing that we've been um, working on for uh, a few years now is... is um, now, when people ask me, let me back up just a second. When people ask me, hey, you know, what about this morph? Or what about this morph? Or what? I, I, the first thing I always tell them, you got to find something that you love. Right, right. Don't look at the market value. Don't look at how am I going to, how am I going to, you know, I can sell these at this price, and if I do this many at this point, then I pay for my original breeders. And, and you forget all that stuff. You got to do what you, what makes you happy. Right. But that, 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 you know, and, and that's, we were lucky enough uh, to pick up from um, Alberto um, at A&M, originally at A&M Geckos. Uh, Alberto, we were, we were fortunate enough to pick up a, uh, a pair of uh, Afghanicus, uh, oh, okay. a, a subspecies or, uh, of, of leopard geckos. And from that point, we've been outcrossing mm-hmm. uh, or other. I mean, we, we could talk for three hours on this, but anyway, you know, give you a short version of all this. I felt that, that there was enough line breeding and inbreeding or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um, with the morphs that are already out there. Right. We set out to go ahead and take the Afghanicus and, and uh, a completely separate uh, morph and, and, or not morph, but a, a species mm-hmm. and outcross, 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 outcross. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, going back to that head that I catch it type issue, we had a ton of them. You know, we right. had, you know, Afghan head, tramper Afghan head, you know, raptor, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, in I think it's been, I think this is the two years or three years, we're actually into seeing some of these morphs come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. seeing the actual, Yeah, seeing the actual visual 
uh, we reduced a, an Afghan raptor that looks nothing like a normal raptor. Uh, smaller body stature, head structure is completely different, color. Um, it, it's, it, you know, it, it's something that you, at the end of the day, once again, going to sleep at night, thinking, mm-hmm. you know, am I, am, you know, I'm, I'm contributing to something, right? And doing something that I feel is, is is necessary. I mean, I mean, if you look at lion breeding as as, as a genealogy tree, and you got all these branches off of it that you right. from the wild caught, you know, and, and people are, are looking for a specific trait, whether it be, you know, no bat, no body color, no, you know, or not no body color, no body pattern, I should say, mm-hmm. a certain body color or whatnot. You start stripping those trees down when you when you're breeding a specific trait to a specific trait to highlight that specific trait. Right. You start taking the branches down off of it, mm-hmm. and, and that's fine. And I and I'm 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 all for it. I mean, that's what started all this. You know, these sparks and embers. People, you know, want to get these. You know, a, a solid orange leopard gecko. I mean, nobody probably had heard of that. You know, 15 years right. ago, that's not going to happen, but it is. Right. You know, I went backwards. I wanted to put new blood. Mm-hmm. New, new, new traits into these already uh, uh, beautiful dwarfs that were out there. So anyway, I didn't mean to get on a tangent on that, but that's what we've been doing, cool. you know, for, for you know, for, for the last couple of seasons and whatnot, and, and getting into that. But uh, I think um, uh, we've got we we do white stumpy tree frogs, which that's another fun thing. Okay. Yeah, frogs are kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, it's uh, just a little bit of everything, you know, that that I like. Right, that, right. That I'm, I'm being selfish, you know. Oh, it's, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's, it's stuff that I like. I don't know if anybody else likes it, but, you know, they seem I to. like it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely been a fun process, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Right on. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Okay, so there you have it. That was Eric Bristow talking to us about Chinese cave geckos. Hopefully you'll check him out at OregonGecko.com. And once again, always as always, don't forget to check out our sponsor, Marsha McGinnis at GoldenGateGeckos.com. Uh, African fat tails, leopard geckos, Australian geckos, such as the Neferis, uh species, as well as the Colonialic species. Give Marsha a tumble, GoldenGateGeckos.com, for all of your needs in the uh, <coughs> gecko realm as it were, and uh, don't forget to drop by some comments, uh, rate us on iTunes, you know, that kind of thing, drop some comments on the blog, let us know what you think of uh, what we're doing here at the Reptile Living Room, and once again, thanks for tuning in to the Reptile Living Room.